Welcome to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD. Hey, Bo. Good morning, man. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Arr, I've got a little bit of a tummy ache. And <laughs> I think I drink too much coffee. <laughs> man, I am so thrilled to be here this morning with you for so many different reasons. First yeah. of all, just being in your presence. Agreed, man. Is it's awesome. Always a good, always a good thing. We got a bright, shiny morning Doesn't here. Enough. Yep. <laughs> in Las Vegas, Nevada, as we are enjoying making this content, hanging out, gearing up for the uh, Las Vegas pipe show. But man, we are uh, we are going to be talking about some. Ooh, I don't want to get ahead of the game here, but I'm just, I'm really excited for this topic. And, uh, and yes, you are <laughs> looking forward to jumping into it. But first, man, we got to give a major shout out to a new pilgrim uh, who is supporting this show for the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. Joining at the pilgrim level, we have Alexander Stu, Stuart. Stu, oh. Stuart. 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 It's Alexander <laughs> Stuart. There we go. Got it. <laughs> Alexander Stuart. Thank you so much, man, for joining us on the Country Squire Radio or International Pipe Club. You literally are a part of why we're able to make this thing happen every week. So thank you so much. Man, I'm 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 very excited for this week. You know, we we teed we teed it up last week. This is something we very rarely, although we've done it more recently, have we done like mini series back to back. Especially back to back. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, we've explored that more probably past two or three years, maybe. But yeah. I'd say even just in the last past year, well, maybe a little bit longer than a year. Cause we we did the uh palette, yeah. training your palate. Exactly. Yeah. Which was like the the twelve part series of training your palate. <laughs> <laughs> which was, I mean, a huge hit. That was a big success. Yeah. yeah. Proud of that, and we've done some other small ones here and there. But one of the reasons we're doing this kind of back to back, kind of a return of the pirates and pipe tobacco, is uh, you know just shamelessly to promote uh, the pirate's daughter, an audio drama, an immersive audio drama that I am working to get off the ground. I want to encourage our listeners to head to findeversale.com. Even if you don't support the project, head over there, take a look, listen to the video. It explains kind of the history of where the project sure. came from. Yeah, would love your support. Honestly, I would consider it a personal favor if y'all would support this project because without y'all. It's not going to happen. I mean, that's just the, the plain, honest truth. Without y'all, it's not going to happen. Yeah, so, sure. Uh, if you are are so willing and able to support the project there, then it's findeversale.com is the place to do it. And yeah. But man, today we're not talking about pirates of fiction. We are talking about a pirate of history. And yet, one history that is surrounded and shrouded in mystery, fantasy, and lore within itself. We are talking about the pirate when you average. Joe on the street, think pirates, the one that comes to mind. I would argue the one pirate whose name, or at least one of his names, is known by every single individual, regardless of how interested you are in pirate lore or otherwise. That's right. We're talking about the Cal-El of the Justice League, the top tier, (laughs) the one, the rock. I'm talking about Blackbeard. We all have heard of Blackbeard. Absolutely. I mean, it's certainly in Western civilization, like in, or, you know, at least the English speaking world, like we know when we think of piracy, certainly during the golden age of piracy in that, that time period, like we don't, we don't even know who he is, yeah. but we know the name Blackbeard. Absolutely. We know the name. Blackbeard. So it's interesting because when we did, when we started the Pirates and Pipe Tobacco series years ago, you know, I intentionally did not do Blackbeard because he was there's kind of like a low hanging fruit nature of that. Yeah, sure. Everybody knows who Blackbeard is. And yet there's a lot of stories about Blackbeard. Was, was ba- Blackbeard was the basic white girl of uh, <laughs> He's a pumpkin latte. He's a pumpkin spice latte of the pirate world. I, 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 
<laughs> he's wearing his UGG boots and uh, how, how dare you? How dare you? But you're not totally incorrect from from a certain point of view. <laughs> but, <It's> fantastic. <laughs> but no, I mean it's it's the name that Can everybody I speak knows. To the manager. I, mm. <laughs> <laughs> you take that DK. Well, you know, actually, that's I know, that's right. a joke in the future. Never mind. <laughs> anyway, point is, <laughs> point is, man, we were talking about Blackbeard. Now, you know, like I said, I, I intentionally kind of saved him. I knew I wanted to talk to about him during a special occasion with this kind of promotion with the findeversale.com and the pirate's daughter. It was the perfect time to do so. And so here we are talking about Edward Teach, or is it Edward Thatch? Because Ooh. right off the bat, the mystery around Blackbeard kind of begins with some of the misinformation that surrounds who was Blackbeard. Gosh, these pirates have a lot of that element to all their stories. Absolutely. These are real historical characters that like can be verified by official documents. Yes. And yet there's so much mystery. Well, and you got to think about it. We live in a digital age where all of that stuff is like backed up and stored and yeah. in databases and everything else. And so yeah. like finding somebody's identity is relatively easy, relatively quick. Even you look on Netflix and you see all of these like, uh, you know, Tinder swindler and all of these documentaries yeah. <laughs> on these individuals who like recreates their identity. And yet you can still track them, you know, like, yeah. You know, yep. Even like uh, uh, casual people who have been spurned can track them on Google and, and, yeah. get, and get to the bottom <laughs> sure. of it. Sure, yeah. This was not the case for, you know, Edward Teach's day or Edward Thatch. Again, it is highly contested. You have people that swear by the notion that his name was Thatch because of documents that exist referencing Edward Thatch. But then you also have those that swear that it was Teach because of documents that listed him as Teach. So he had different names and, and I guess they have enough confidence to know that this is the same person enough confidence to know it's the same person there's enough kind of information that kind of congeal around him to the point where and this is where we're going to fall into the allegedly portion of his sure. history yeah because there is you know there is kind of this piecing together from what we know of teach slash thatch of the edward variety that can we he, can we pick one this episode i would like to go with teach if that's all right with yeah you. yeah that's that's good interestingly enough thatch was the first one that i was introduced to as a kid because in disney's blackbeard's ghost is that the name they used yeah they used yeah. thatch and they referred yeah. to him as thatch and then later when i heard him referred to as teach in a different media i was super confused yeah and therein lies the point but yes for the purpose of this podcast edward teach edward teach is the one that we're going with aka Blackbeard. He was born in the late 1600s, early 1700s, as many in his fraternity were. <laughs> Approximately Bristol is, is where he is kind of placed to a wealthy family. However, he gave up his family fortune to his mother and his sister when his father died, and he went off to fight in the War of Spanish Secession as a privateer. Wow. Now we I, talk, yeah, I go didn't, didn't realize that. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, we talked about privateers before. These are kind of, they're, they're like sanctioned, they're like government sanctioned pirates, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Hired basically. guns, if you will, you know, that kind of thing. But he did so out the gate, as opposed to some of the other individuals we've talked about. Had who spent were, some time in the military or you well, know, the Navy or something. Exactly. Or, or, when, or were former pirates that had been forgiven and all that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That was not necessarily his case. So he was actually a privateer until he came under the command of one Benjamin Hornigold. Now, longtime listeners of Country Square yeah, Radio may yeah. recall Benjamin Hornigold was, I want to say, the second Pirates and Pipe Tobacco episode we ever did. Yep. Hornigold is kind of one of these OGs. Like literally Blackbeard was second in command to this guy. He right. was the man that kind of trained Blackbeard. And for those that are so inclined, and as a bit of a language warning about this, go to YouTube and look up Benjamin Hornigold from Black Sales. There is an epic pipe smoking scene where he is sitting down. We actually included a clip that a clip of that, an edited clip of that, uh, of him smoking his pipe, telling off this dude 
who's coming up and like saying he's going to get him off his chair. And he's like, you wow. know, if this dude and he goes through the entire history of like this chair and how he took it off this prize and he had to fight this guy for it. And he tells his little, uh, you know, his like a stable boy or whatever the, the his assistant <laughs> guy. He's like, if, if this dude ever comes up here and tells uh, tries to do anything with my chair, you have my permission to shoot him where he stands. Wow. And they're like good friends, you know. And so it's it's great. Also, the guy that comes up and like tries to intimidate Benjamin Hornigold to add to add some flavor to it. If the hurricane was a pirate, this is the guy. <laughs> This is the guy. You need to see this because it's it's like it even looks like him is the crazy thing. Oh, that's fantastic. Anyway, so there's that. A, a fantastic pipe smoking scene featuring Benjamin Hornigold in Black Sails. It's I, I highly recommend it. But this was the man, Benjamin Hornigold, that trained Blackbeard. And Blackbeard uh, served uh, under him, not in the Spanish War of Secession, but specifically as a pirate and kind of entered into piracy in that way. This was in 1717. All right. So they're going around They're They're, you know, doing their thing, their pirate things. They're, they're already kind of in kind of a top tier recognizable group uh, sailing with Benjamin Hornigold. Blackbeard comes across another pirate, the gentleman pirate, Steve Bonnet. All right. Do you, have you ever heard of Steve Bonnet before? I don't think we've discussed him. We have not. Discussed we have. Him it's before. been very brief. Yeah. Much like how a lot of different pirates popped up in the Calico Jack episode. Yeah. Blackbeard has a lot of individuals that surround him. The difference is, unlike Calico Jack, Blackbeard was B.A. He was like, you know, he knew what he was doing. Right. 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 Unlike, by the way, Steve Bonnet. So Steve Bonnet was called the gentleman pirate because this dude just was kind of like a pirate fanboy. He wanted to be a pirate, but like he didn't want to make his mama mad. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> so what this dude did is he went around and he found a bunch of nerdy wells and he did something that wasn't often the case in piracy. He paid them a salary. Wow. And he's like, sail with me under my pirate flag and we will go around being swashbucklers, don't you know? And, you know, and we would literally, he paid them a salary because, you know, he wasn't very good at taking prizes. He wasn't very good at the whole piracy. Thing. That's wild. But he just really wanted to be a pirate. So lo and behold, was he the Paris Hilton of pirates? Like he actually can't do anything, <laughs> but he has a lot of people that follows him that he basically pays. Something like that. I, I mean, I think for for him, he's more of like a fancy boy who who's uh, from like, you know, a rich family. A dandy. And, you know, like, like a certain individual that you and I were kind of talking about recently who's yeah. kind of like, you know, comes from money, goes around kind of like, yeah. you know, as if this is his life, but it's not really his life right but the difference is this one wanted to go out and set sail but again he didn't want to make his mama mad so he did pay all of these individuals <laughs> to do all the rough work for him what lo and behold what does he do he just so happens to come across the most one of the most notorious up-and-coming pirates of his era blackbeard who comes on takes his ship essentially and says all right you know you're sailing with me in hornigold now and how about I be the captain and you no longer be the captain. Right. And Steve's like, how dare you? I mean, after all, I I wanted to be the captain, but I guess I could learn under you. That would be amazing. (laughs) And the crew is all like, oh my gosh, yes, please. Can we get a captain that knows what he's doing? (laughs) Kick Mr. Dandy out of here. Instantly, (laughs) Bonnet's ship, the Revenge, becomes an extremely successful pirate vessel. Interesting. They take upwards of like 15 ships in the matter of just a few months, all off the coast of the, off the American coast. And this is where we really see Captain Blackbeard or Captain Teach essentially really come into his own as a pirate. Now it's worth noting that in like modern culture, there's a, a very popular show right now called uh, Our Flag Means Death that has reimagined the Blackbeard Bonnet relationship more as like a romantic relationship. Of course. That's not the way it was. Blackbeard was kind of like a notorious womanizer, which isn't a good thing, but I mean that's just historically accurate. <laughs> right, true. And but at the same time, is he a womanizer if he keeps on marrying these women? I mean like 
Yeah, yeah, it actually does, actually, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Blackbeard notoriously had several wives over the course of a very short amount of time. Okay, okay. So, you know, he'd go from port to port, but I mean, like, you know, he'd, he'd get married, he'd make it legal, and then he'd, you know, bounce and make it legal somewhere else. Wow. Yeah, this was his way. Anyway, so they go around, he's, he's very successful at this point, and is coming across what is going to famously be his largest prize, which was the La Concorde, which was a French slaving ship, which he took outfitted with 40 guns and renamed as the Queen Anne's Revenge. Oh, wow. Now, this was already a large French vessel. And this is kind of interesting for Blackbeard because he historically kind of went after Spanish ships more so than French ships. Yeah, sure. But man, this was a big one. Like, this is one of the largest ships that he had ever come across. This is a big catch. One yeah. of the biggest ones that any pirate had ever kind of come, uh, come across and successfully captured. And to fit it out with 40 guns, we're now talking about essentially a floating fortress the Queen Anne's Revenge is probably the most famous pirate ship of all yeah. other pirate ships. What a great It's fantastic. Time. Of course, you know, referencing his time in the War of Spanish Secession yeah, and everything. Yeah, sure, sure. So the Queen Anne's Revenge became this extremely notable ship throughout the Gulf of Mexico, where the Spanish started giving him the name El Grande Diablo. So not only was he going <laughs> under Captain Teach and occasionally Blackbeard, but El Grande Diablo. The, like the giant devil. Well, and we'll talk about it kind of as we get to the end. But I mean, like, like Blackbeard was aware of the importance of narrative yeah. and like presentation. He was as much a, a brand enthusiast, if you will, a marketer. He cultivated. He really understood that you were what you were perceived to be more so than you actually are. That's true. It, it's interesting because Certainly, there's... Yeah, in the eyes of other people. Yeah. There's conflicting narratives around Blackbeard historically. Some paint him to be a tyrant, and I'll explain that a little bit later. And then some kind of point out, like, in his the vast majority of his time as a pirate, he never really killed anybody. They didn't really murder anybody. They didn't take prisoners or anything of that nature. There wasn't... Like uh, there, he wasn't this butcherer that he's sometimes portrayed to be. Right. And to some extent, that may be because he was so good at communicating this narrative of a fearful individual, maybe even larger than life, maybe even demonic speaking into this El Grande Diablo. And then people just followed him. And people followed it. Well, it, it, when you are able to strike fear, you no longer have to spend blood to take yeah, a prize. Sure. Because if they're afraid of what you could do, they'll just go ahead and give it to you without you having to do anything. Wow. And so he was a he was a genius in many regards. He was a tactical genius in, in the way that he was able to take ships, but he was also a genius in the way that he was able to, to let his narrative and name precede him yeah. so that he could avoid unnecessary battle whenever possible and yet still take some some sizable prizes. South Carolina, one of the largest and kind of most notable points in his career. Yeah. He holds well, okay, let's let's just put it this way. So I mentioned, you know, he doesn't really take prisoners, but let's just say that he did Take a hostage. Okay. A notable hostage. A city hostage. He held an entire city hostage for six days. Wow. Yeah. So as I mentioned, the Queen's Anne's Revenge is essentially like this massive floating fortress. He parks it outside the city, stops all trade in and out. And what he's demanding of the city, which by the way, this doesn't happen all that often, right? Like typically yeah, you're no. taking prizes on the seas. And as we talked about with Rackham, if you do something in front of a city, that's typically in game. They're going to like, well, yeah, that's, we know where you're out. You're right there. We can send all of we'll our stuff. We'll just come get you. Yeah, right? exactly. No, this wasn't Blackbeard. Nobody was willing to challenge the Queen Anne's revenge to get any close to it. 40 cannons. Boom, 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 boom. That is You're crazy. dead before you get an entire shot off. Right. And so he's got cannons facing the sea. He's got cannons facing the city. He's holding the city hostage for six days because He's not after gold. He's not after money. 
He's after medical supplies. One of the things that that you know pirates had to face constantly yeah. was the threat of you know disease, di- disease, yeah. dying. There, you're literally traveling Scurvy. all over the place. Scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so he was holding him hostage for for medical supplies. And again, I think this also shows that he's a forward thinking individual in his era. That he is not just looking for the payday; he's also looking for sustainability. You know, like little, mm-hmm. like literally life sustaining in himself and in his crew as they kind of go along. Hmm. So this adventure of holding the city hostage for six days began to ruffle some jimmies, if you will, for one Steve Bonnet on his crew, who's like, oh, my mama is not going to be very pleased with the fact that I held an entire city hostage. Perhaps it's time that we part ways, Blackbeard. Blackbeard, who's like, oh, you're still here, uh, is kind of like, <laughs> like, yeah, man, uh, this has been fun. That's cool. Hey, uh, thanks for you know giving me money for no apparent reason. Uh, sure, go. By the way, you're probably not going to last long without me around, but right. Good luck with that. Uh, and of course, Steve Bonnet was captured and uh, put on trial and hung four months later. Wow. Now I want to stop here for a wow. second because Steve Bonnet is a very interesting character by contrast to Blackbeard. Yeah. Theoretically, they, these were both individuals that came from some kind of like wealth and establishment and money and, you know, privilege mm-hmm. and prominence of some sort. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the difference is that Blackbeard kind of gave that all off and like kind of found his own way. And Bonnet wanted to have both. He wanted to have both. Right. And that was a very threatening narrative to the establishment, to the civilized world, that there was somebody who thought that they could have both, that they could be this kind of out there like criminal, but still maintain some sort of genteel nature to them. by society and maintain that upward mobility and all that kind of stuff. Massive threat to the establishment. Massive yeah, threat really to thought about that. society. Yeah. In A General History of Pirates, which is, of course, Charles Johnson's book, uh, Captain Charles, you know, quote unquote, Captain Charles Johnson's book. Yeah. Uh, when he goes into Bonnet's history, one of the, 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 made, the majority of the chapter on Steve Bonnet goes to his trial. And it's specifically going into how the courts hammered into him, not just the fact that he committed these crimes, but also the fact that he did this as an abomination to God. God, because as somebody who wow. is a civilized individual right. from like prim and proper, you know, plantation, good, you know, quote unquote, good plantation owning people. Right. How right. dare you offend God this way? So I have to read this. This that, is a uh, man. Yeah. This is uh, the Lord Chief Justice's speech upon his proclamation sentence of Major Steed Bonnet. Wow. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I am going to read some of this. Yeah. yeah. Major Steed Bonnet, you stand here convicted upon two indictments of piracy, one by the verdict of jury and the other by your own confession. You know that the crimes you have committed are evil in themselves and contrary to the light and the law of nature, as well as the law of God, by which you are commanded that you shall not steal Exodus 20.15. And the Apostle St. Paul expressly affirms that Thieves shall not inherit the kingdom of God, 1 Corinthians 6.10. But the theft, you have added a greater sin, which is murder. How many have you killed of those that resisted you in commenting on your former piracies? I know not. But this we all know, that besides the wounded, you killed no less than 18 persons out of those that were sent by lawful authority to suppress you and put a stop to those rapnians as you daily acted. There's a lot of like old English words in here that I don't really recognize. I'm, sort of I'm eating this up. Thing is, so they go through 
And I can't even count the number of scripture that is referenced throughout this aggressive speech against right. him. Uh, and like, this is the jurist speaking. This right? is the Lord Chief Justice. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, like, for example, he says, uh, For it is the voice of nature confirmed by the law of God that whoever sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. Genesis 9 6. He's like straight <laughs> up trying to Jesus juke this. Like, he's like, like, like literally putting yeah. like the verses in. As he's like going after him, like, you know, uh, he quotes revelations. He quotes, uh, <laughs> he quotes, uh, Psalms. He quotes Corinthians. That's he quotes, amazing. It's like, yeah, it's like all over the map. He's like hammering in. And it's not just to like make Steve Bonnet, who's probably wetting himself right now, because right. Mama has very, very displeased with him at this point. Right. <laughs> but it's also to send a message to the civilized world that this, you cannot do this. You cannot exist as a pirate and be, you know, considered civilized. And right. so I just think it's fascinating, again, that this character is so intertwined with Blackbeard, who himself was kind of seen as the devil. Like, so you have the Steve Bonnet who was corrupted by the devil in this, you know, civilized portrayal of their time together. To me, it just seems like a very unwitting accomplice to Blackbeard. And then, of course, you know, when you have this grandiose speech that this official is making. Oh, and it in, goes on. I can't read it all, but yeah. <laughs> but, but, it, it's, but it's really amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, and it's like you can just picture this person like kind of already looking over towards the gallows, you know. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, just like, okay, I, I'm, I'm out. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm done with this thing. Yeah. So Man, it's just it's really fascinating. So, yeah. So that was that was and that, that's the end of Steve Bonnet. But meanwhile, Blackbeard is doing quite well for himself because he's. He's a pretty good at being a pirate here. That being said, we've talked about, of course, about our boy Woods Rogers and what his right. whole tactics were and everything else. And it's interesting because I've talked about how Woods Rogers and the pardon was wildly successful at ending piracy. And yet it also has these scragglers, right? These people that took the pardon, but then did they, you know, like, right, like you know, right. and Blackbeard finds himself now. <laughs> Thinking like, okay, this pardon is going on right here. Uh, we've been we've been having some fun off the coast of South Carolina. That was pretty, uh, you know, pretty awesome. Uh, he's like, hey, um, I got an idea. Uh, everybody, y'all want to like retire for a bit? And I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, we can retire for a bit. We, we're doing pretty good. We've, we've got a lot of prizes. We got a lot of money. It's like, okay, cool. The, in North Carolina, there's the city of Bath. I think we get washed up there, but I'm not entirely sure what they're doing with it. Why don't we go? It's kind of a small town. By the way, the governor there we've been kind of writing each other and uh, he's going to hook us up. I'm just saying he's going to like, we're going to be okay. And so they go in, the governor uh, pardons Blackbeard, his entire crew and his wow. entire crew kind of add to the population of Bath. This is something that even to this day, North Carolina and that era is area is very, they celebrate Blackbeard. They kind of celebrate. This. Absolutely. Wow. I was unaware of this. Interesting. Meanwhile, Blackbeard does set up a camp on kind of like a little Island outside of Bath where he continues to find different items while he's out at sea he and just finds them yeah it's like uh it's like oh uh blackbeard um hey buddy uh what you doing uh, nothing nothing i'm just i'm just chilling okay it looks like you're chilling with like a whole bunch of bushels of sugar that we haven't seen you with before <laughs> it's like oh yeah these yeah i just found them yeah mm -hmm. yeah just you're, found not, them. you're not you're not you're not using that boat for anything. Are you? <laughs> like, oh, okay, okay, okay. So that's the other thing too. You got to think about it. Like Blackbeard come like having a ship outside your port. Yeah. As, like as kind of some protection. I mean, it's a good. It was a good deal. It's a good arrangement. And that's the thing. When it's like, okay, Blackbeard, uh, these kind of items that you keep finding. Uh, do you want to explain that at all? And he's like, I would love to explain this little cash that I'm going to slip you right here, <laughs> and how that's going to explain. While well, I'm not going to have to explain anything. Yeah. And the governor of North Carolina was like. 
all right. <laughs> so he was all down. <laughs> he was all down with it, or specifically of Bath. And so, uh, meanwhile, Blackbeard is continuing his exploits, and one of his favorite things to do was to actually go into the rivers, kind of on the coast. You know, like the 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 coast of of North Carolina and kind of Virginia, kind of neighbor each other, right? Sure. And so he's he's going through some of these he's coastal inlets, lands. Yeah. He had this really fun thing that he would do where he would go up to uh, that area. There were a lot of plantations along that area and you had a lot of sloops that would go back and forth and trade and they were easy money. So he would go, he would raid these sloops. When things got too hot, he would do this awesome thing where he would go to the plantations and he would like basically like take all of the plantation owners and like make them serve him. Uh, which wow. was fantastic. Wow. <laughs> and they're like, well, well, you can't do this. You can't just come into our home and our land and like force us to do your bidding without pay. What, what, that's what, that's our thing. That's what we do. You know, like, like it's, it completely, it's like, this creates this massive turmoil. And again, the civilized world is kind of turned topsy turvy. Right. Like, oh, you, I'm a plantation owner. You can't force me to work against my will. It's like, oh, does that bother you? Do you feel that that's, that, that's something wrong about that? Of course there's something wrong about that. Does it cause you to reevaluate some of your life decisions? It's like, no, no, no. I wouldn't. <laughs> so Virginia gets a little ticked off that North Carolina is kind of allowing this to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So in, you know, there's kind of some pressure of like, Hey, North Carolina, you want to deal with Blackbeard beard? They're like, no, no, Blackbeard's fine. Oh, uh, by the way, North Carolina, governor, of North Carolina, uh, what's all this like sugar and like, like right. stuff. Where'd that come from? I was like, don't worry about it. It's uh, it's, we just, we just found it. You yeah, know, we just, we no, just found it's it. Kind of hanging out. Yeah. We just found it. So anyway, finally Virginia and kind of the Lieutenant governor there is like, okay, fine. You know what? Y'all aren't going to deal with them. I'm going to deal with them. He amasses one of the largest hunting fleets to go after Blackbeard. Wow. And in November 22nd, uh, 1718, they catch him. And I'm going to butcher this name, but off the Isle of Aquacoke. <laughs> it's about the best I could Hey, do. sounds great. And, yeah, I, I literally wrote it phonetically of Aquacoke, like aqua water coke. O-C-R-A-C-O-K-E. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I mean, Blackbeard is totally outmatched, like three men to one. But wow. at the same time, they go out fighting uh, guns ablazing. And uh, it is reported that on his body, they found 20 sword slashes and five bullets. Blackbeard did not go down without a tremendous, tremendous fight. He famously, his head was cut off of his body after the exchange, and it was hung off the side of, of the ship that took him out as they, fl- uh, they sailed back into port. Back into the harbor. Communicating to everybody that the devil was dead. Wow. Now, so wow. a couple of things here, right? Blackbeard is referred to Blackbeard because of his black beard. He yeah. literally had this large like mane of a beard yeah. that identified him, right? Uh, he would also take, you know, what do you call those things? A flint and put it inside of his beard, light it on fire and and have kind of like a smoky kind of eeriness and that was constantly smoldering. Yeah. Again, he was very aware of his of his image and story and right. brand. <laughs> he was big on intimidation was his main weapon. And yet at the same time, he was known to be decked out as well. He had like, 
like six or seven pistols on either side strapped to him. He was a walking fortress in and of himself. The Queen Anne's revenge being this floating fortress was almost like this, this vessel that embodied who he himself also was embodied, right? right. Like he was just constantly, you know, gunned up and ready to go at right. any given Bristling time. Bristling with power, indestructible. Exactly. Yeah. And it just kind of adds to that, uh, that imagery. His Jolly Roger, his flag was of this kind of skeletal devil figure that is piercing a heart toasting with an hourglass saying that your time is up like he wanted to communicate <laughs> instantly don't mess with me don't mess with blackbeard and as we mentioned he does go go out uh, fighting pretty hard yeah so here's the thing like as we kind of evaluate blackbeard as a whole and this this tension that exists because he did communicate this like beastly energy right like that was something he perpetuated but at the same time when we see kind of the ferocity and the fear we do see that happening at seas, but it was only after he really started disrupting the establishment, right? Yeah. Which again, yeah. the injustices of the days, the plant station owners were not heroes in this situation. They were in fact villains themselves, right? But they were sanctioned villains. They were like civilized yeah. villains, right? Whereas the quote unquote civilized villain of Steve Bonnet was like put to death when the civilized villains of these plantation They're owners away with were stuff. threatened that's when it's like, well, we have to put a stop to this and we have to destroy Blackbeard. Wow. And so I just, I find it very interesting that this, these two worlds come, like both collide in this moment, which like creates this overwhelming aggression towards Blackbeard to take him out. And at the same time, they're also kind of embodied with this individual who is part of his crew in Steve Bonnet. Pot meat kettle. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, Blackbeard. Wow. That's Edward Teach. Man, obviously, you know, we again, as we discussed at the beginning of the show, we've all heard of this individual. The significance of him, it, you know, I, I think for a lot of us is just kind of lost without, you know, engaging it. And it, I'm so glad we got to. It's really, really great. And golly, what an interesting figure. And, I, you know, I look forward to reading more about him and also, you know, kind of learning more about like how the modern view of him is perceived, you know, like as, as research is done and all this, like, you know, what, what, you know, what is the modern, you know, understanding of him? That's just, that's great. Well done. You know, it's interesting with, uh, after, after we finished our Mary read, I had every intention of making sure that I interwove the pipe tobacco throughout his story, because the fact of the matter is Blackbeard does have, like, whenever we see him imagined in pop culture, he's generally with a pipe. I mentioned the, our flag means death. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, uh, fairly popular on, I think HBO right now, when you're first introduced to him, he's played by Taika Waititi and he's sitting there smoking a pipe, you know, like it's literally this, this, you're, you know, you see this big mane as uh, he's actually kind of more of a gray beard, honestly. And like, he's surrounded by smoke cause he's there smoking a pipe. I think it's supposed to be an imagery reference to the fact that he used to light his beard on fire, but I like that they do that. You also see in the game, Assassin's Creed, Blackbeard is a massive character in Piece that of game. That, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we see him sitting on the beach, smoking a pipe uh, or like walking through Nassau, smoking a pipe, typically a church warden or of some sort of kind of clay very variant is yeah. what do you, uh, what you see. And so, yeah. So when you think of Blackbeard and there's a reason why, that we think of pirates and pipe tobacco, right? Like we see kind of this imagery going together. One is because, you know, pipe tobacco was a massive, you know, quantity of or a massive item that was a prize to be had when you were taking a, a, a vessel. Right. But then there's also the aspect that, yes, during that time, sailors were big pipe smokers and of course, pirates amongst them. And in the modern day imagery of pipedom, 
Blackbeard and Pipe often are seen together yeah. when they're explored for more than two seconds. If it's more, if it's just two seconds of like, here's an image of Blackbeard, then it's like, here's a guy with a big black beard, and that's right. Blackbeard. But if we spend some time with them, there's always a pipe. The pipe involved. comes out. It always yeah. comes out. So anyway, I meant to I meant to interweave that a little bit more, but I got swept up in the story. <laughs> Happened with Mary Reed as well. I apologize, but yeah. Oh, anyway. that's great. I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you know, one of the things I also love, and, and one of the things that's never hard to interweave in without the sh- or into the show is our good friends at Missouri Bears. Man, that's right. And of course, as we approach the holidays and uh, man, everyone's thinking about family gatherings at Thanksgiving, uh, Missouri Mearsham is want, you know, very much wants to be a part of your Thanksgiving tradition. So from November 23rd to November 29th, they are doing a Thanksgiving promotion on their website. Be sure to check them out and understand all their deals. And uh, man, go ahead and get your go ahead and get your gear in from Missouri Mearsham to have that Norman Rockwell Thanksgiving yourself. And man, we know you'll be glad you did. So check them out. Go to corncobpipe.com and they would love to send a quality corncob pipe right to your front door. And big thanks to our friends at Missouri Mission for sponsoring the show. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. question of the week. Pipe question of the week coming in from Gabriel Roper. Gabriel, man, he's doing the work this uh, for I know, us. man, yeah. Up says, uh, hey guys, I've been enjoying my Missouri Meerschaum corn cobs a lot lately, and I'm wondering what y'all do to prep a fresh one for smoking. <laughs> I didn't enjoy the taste of the stem in charring the first few smokes, so I drilled it out and put in a pipe mortar composed of activated charcoal, salt, plaster of Paris, and water as a binder. I then shaped the mortar. Mortor. Mortor. <laughs> the minds the of Mortor. The eye of Mortor. Oh, the eye of Mortor. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to advise you've given uh, on what makes a pipe smoke well, the result is really good, but it does take some work and patience. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this method as well and what you do with your cobs. Keep up the good work. I feel blessed by your weekly podcast. Again, that is Gabriel Roper. Gabriel, thank you so much for writing in. And I, I love this. I, you know, 
what what is the whole saying like necessity and invention or whatever you know he yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- this is someone that bought a like twelve dollar pipe if that and Gabriel was like no nah, that's not exactly what I wanted to to do so like he created a his own proprietary little paste <laughs> and then drilled it out and then and then made it do what he wanted it to do and like that was on a twelve dollar pipe and. My friends, let me introduce you to the quintessential pipe smoker. <laughs> wow, there it is. There it is. Yeah. I love it, man. It's just so, <laughs> it's so wonderful. Yeah. So new corn cobs, and it's funny, we, we followed, you know, this is following literally our, um, you know, segment where we always praise Missouri Mearsham and thank them for uh, everything they do for us. And, and, you know, hopefully we give back to them too. It's polarizing. It is a polarizing question on how to break in a corn cob. Yeah. Some people prize Missouri Meershams because they experience them clean out of the gate. And like they have a very a taste to them that just it's it's perfect, you know. Uh, and so it doesn't the break in time is almost nil for for a lot of people. Some people, if you're like me, will experience kind of a vegetal taste the first few. I mean, you're smoking out of a piece of corn <laughs> right right you know and it, so there's a woody vegetable as there should be that as there should be um you know it, that yeah. you know it is there and so if you're like me you smoke two or three bowls out of it maybe four at five and power through right and then your pipe is seasoned like any other pipe that's what i do too right like, and so it, yeah. and so I, I, again it, it's just you know per how the individual reacts to it and then you've got folks like Gabriel who are like, no, 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 no. Like, <laughs> I'm going to modify this corn cob pipe. Right. And, you know, drill out the the wood insert that is inserted into the bowl and refashion it with this, you know, pipe mortar that he's made. And people, we've talked about folks making this pipe yes, mortar yeah, to yeah. repair pipes and, and, and a lot of stuff like that. Anyway, I, I think this is uh, brilliant, uh, you know, and so I, you know. The, the advice is, if that's what you want to do and enjoy it, I think this is what you're going to have to do and, and, and continue to do that with your cobs. If it's me, I'm going to smoke my cob two, three, four times, and then it's going to, for, for me, it'll be seasoned and I'll enjoy it. And it's still going to produce that clean, you know, Missouri Mearsham smoke that we all know and love. But, you know, you're going to have to find your way. It's the same way, you know, some people will buy a $500 pipe. And they'll season it by filling up the bowl halfway and smoking it all the way to the bottom, you know, four to six times. Mm. And then they'll consider that pipe seasoned. Some people will buy that exact same $500 pipe that an artisan made and they'll fill the bowl with honey and that honey and then they'll wipe the honey out. (laughs) And then that honey has worked to when you smoke the pipe, that honey helps create a cake. Sure. Now, these are very these are two very, very radically radically different ways of seasoning this pipe they're both valid right and and so you have created what you found gabriel to be you know your solution i think you're going to find a lot of people that are going to do exactly what you do and a lot of people are going to be like me and they're just going to you know kind of tough out the first few bowls until um you know it tastes more like the tobacco you're smoking rather than the pipe and then you've got the folks that are just like it tastes fine right from the beginning. And so keep doing what you're doing and just enjoy it. Enjoy the process. That's kind of part of the pipe mm. experience is not just the tobacco, but all of it is tinkering. It, pipe smokers love to tinker. You know, we love to just 
fidget with stuff. And if part of it is editing your pipe in order to, you know, make it more how you want it, Missouri Mearsham encourages that. Look yeah. at how they've encouraged over the years all the Cobb modifications that people have done. That's I mean, and that's yes. a part of their whole deal. It's, it's a like, part of the culture around the Missouri Mearsham pipe. I think. It is. Yeah. It really yeah. is. It's the it's a part of it. And so that's that's the fun of it. Yeah. And and I think you should just embrace it and and roll on. It's interesting because I'm I'm like you. I'm, I kind of almost see it as I think it's is it Birkenstocks like the cork like base yeah, to it on the bottom or whatever, and then it's like the, it shapes to your foot. Yeah, as you wear it. Yeah, as you wear it. So it's instead of like it's like well, how do you break that in? Well, you wear it. You literally you wear sure. it and you walk, and and it, yeah. that's what breaks it in. And so I'm I'm the same way with a corn cob pipe. It's like well. How do you break it in? Well, you, you just smoke it. You just kind of smoke it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, there's, there's a reason why. And I mean, again, that's just any pipe, but one that I've been smoking for years, you know, is a, as a bit of a ple- more pleasant smoke than yeah. the one that's like fresh out the box. Yeah. I'll smoke them both though. <laughs> I just love how people come up with their own solutions to this stuff. I mean, I, I know, you know that's I like know when thing, people, yeah. some people will, you know, clean their pipe by only using Everclear to clean the inside out. Some people clean a pipe by reaming it and then soaking it in rum. Like I've heard, I've heard of this. Yeah. Like I, I just, I'm not me. I'm not going to take a $300 pipe and dunk it in rum. I'm, I'm just not going to do that. But like, <laughs> but you could, <laughs> but you have people that do and they swear by it and it works. And it's like, man, just, you know, you, you figured out your way. So more power to you. I think it's great. That's awesome, man. Well, there, that's a great question, Gabriel. Thank you so much for that. If you've got a pipe question for us, be sure to send it into the show show at country radio.com. Quick fire with the squire. Quick fire questions. Ow! All right, man. Quick fire questions. All right, the, you know we, we're doing this thing uh, occasionally, not, not 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 all the time, but we're doing this thing occasionally right now. Where I've, I've taken from the Hogwarts house sorting hat system, <laughs> and I've got the question. These have been some good, deep, no, good. Pro- thought provoking stuff. No, they are. They they they're, they're good. All right, here we go. Here's, here's what we got. Uh, which of the following would you most hate people to call you? Ordinary, ignorant, cowardly, or selfish? Wow. I know. See, you're over here. You're laughing. Ha, ha, ha. These are some really good ones. Because all of these things are, I mean, yeah. they're, they're terrible. Yeah. You know? Uh, well, I mean, I say I say they are. Some people don't think it's bad to be ordinary, you know? No, that's um, true. I, you know, I, I think, I think cowardly. I think I think I would I think I would hate for people to think of me as a coward. Yeah, yeah. Either that or selfish for me. Well, either those it, are the, that, kind of the two. Selfish was number two. Yeah, selfish was number two. But I, I think one of those things. <laughs> put 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 them up. Put them up. I always think of the cowardly lion from uh, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Thank you. <laughs> it's like hey, put them up. Put them up. The cowardly lion. <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. All right. Given the choice, would you rather invent a potion? That would guarantee you glory, wisdom, love, or power. Wisdom? Yeah. I think wisdom. I that 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 has kind of been my like constant and consistent prayer in my adult life is for wisdom. Also, love potion has connotations that I find probably not Yeah. that's that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I would I would think was these are really good questions. They are good questions. Yeah. Glory is I, I I glory is overrated. Is kind of my I agree. mindset there. Glory yeah, is vastly overrated. Uh, how would you like to be known to history? The wise, the good, the bold, or the great? The good. Yeah. John the David, de- def- the good. Definitely the good. I hope by God's grace that my legacy is that I wasn't, 
you know, the, the best in some craft or, you know, the smartest, but that people could say that man followed the Lord and he was good. Hmm. Yeah. I could go with the wise. Yeah. Bo the wise. Bo the wise. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. All right. Well, there you go. Good, man. I like these. This is almost like a, I don't know, a, a good exercise really for us to consider some of these things and, and answer them honestly, you know? That's true. That's yeah. true. Maybe I'll bring this out in therapy. Yeah. <laughs> the problem that I find with the good is because I mean I, I like I like where your head's at with that. But I find that like if 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 you leave it to history, then what is good can be like highly subjective throughout the years. Yeah, known to history. Now that's a good point. Because that's that's the thing that I that's a good point. So I feel because like because good yeah. looks a lot different now than it did four hundred years ago. And four hundred years before that. And I mean like that's the thing. Like I feel like that's interesting. But I but I liked I liked your interpretation of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I see, yeah. I see that point though. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. Well, this is your, uh, this is quick fire questions. If you'd like to send us some quick fire questions, please do so at show at countrysquireradio.com. Who submitted these? Me. Damn it. Take Hogwarts. Out, Hogwarts. It was the, uh, I put it from the Hogwarts thing. Okay. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. Listener feedback. All right, man. We got some listener feedback in from Ben Strawhan. Strawhan. I think. I think so. Straw. Straw. Yeah. Straw. Straw. Strawhan. Our friend Bo. Our, our friend Ben. <laughs> I'm your friend Bo. Our friend Ben. Do you have another friend named Bo? No. Well, there you go. Friend Ben. What did friend Ben have to say? Bo, you are not alone in your interest with all things piratical. <laughs> I've never heard that word. <laughs> and nautical. I love taking my old Dominion clay pipe from Missouri Mearsham to annual Pirate Fest. Got to go there. Mm. That's held where I live because what's a pirate without his pipe? There it is. My pirate name is Lobster Pot Larry. (laughs) (laughs) Our Lobster Pot Larry gets boiled alive. And my uh, fiance goes by the name Tinker the Terrible. Nice. I do this in addition to practicing axe and sword combat, of which I get to take to Renaissance, Medieval, and Pirate Fairs, along with some friends of mine. There's a word for that. It's not lunting, because lunting is what we do. What's the uh, arbitrating? Right, this is like a community of people that will dress up and they'll like, like do like sword fighting in the park and that sort of thing. And there's a term for it that I'm blanking on. I don't know. I I, I remember because when I lived in Memphis, I remember like we'd always drive by and they'd be out there and and doing wow. the thing. LARPing. It's LARPing. That's the word. Is that a thing? That is a thing. Okay. Live action role play, I think is what it's called. LARP. They would LARP. And so they would go, they would be in their character. That's why he's, when he's referring, it's just, it's occurring to me. That's what he means by like them, his pirate having a name. Like yeah. they'll go and they'll be in character and then they'll do like different kind of fights and scenes and that sort of thing. So, wow. Yeah. Shout out to oh, the LARPers cool. out there. Yeah. 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 Carrying on, he says, let's see. I was curious. Does Captain Jorvik still <laughs> sail the Sea of Thieves? I'd be honored to serve as part of your crew. And should you, you be in need of a new voice aboard the Banshee's Blade or anywhere else, I would be delighted to help however I can. I went to school for and have been working on the radio for six years, in addition to doing voiceovers oh, okay, and okay. screen and stage acting. Okay, Ben. Uh, thank you so much for your time, and I hope to have, you have a wonderful day. Kind regards from Southern Ontario, Canada, and that's Ben S. Well, Ben, first, cool, huh? let me first tell you that if you head over to findeversale.com right now, you will actually see we have, I want to say, three different characters that are yet uncast. So if you are interested in uh, in you know trying out for those roles... Uh, you can just email me. You can actually email show at countrysquireradio.com and just put, 
I just put pirate in the title. I'm sure I'll catch it. Yeah. Or actually put, actually, you know what? Put the pirate's daughter in the, in the, uh, in the title and I'll, I'll catch it that way. And yeah, we'd love to uh, send you a script and, and, and hear what you got. Oh, Captain Jorvik is, uh, is still in the seven, uh, the sea of thieves, although not as much as I used to, um, just as my kids have gotten older, my time has become more limited <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, much to my detriment because my old, I, I do keep up with my old crew. Our ship was not the Banshee's blade. It was called the black rose. Uh, for obvious reasons, oh, for long time yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but the crew that my crew still goes, they still sail uh, the Black Rose. We still that is still our our pirate ship and everything else. And um, I'm 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 more of like an honorary captain whenever I join them. But I always feel bad because I'm so out of. Pr- I was really good back in the day. Like yep. I was in the top percentile in that game when I was playing. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I, I was I was it was it was impressive stuff. So uh, we were we were a, a notorious crew, and they still are, and uh, and do not need me as a captain to be successful. I, if anything, I hold them back whenever I sail with them. <laughs> The Banshee's Blade, I'll just make mention of this real quick that he's referencing, because this is interesting. The Banshee's Blade is the ship of Captain Blackstone in the Pirate's Daughter story that we're trying to tell. And during the kind of the lead up to the Kickstarter campaign, we did a kind of a mini story, kind of a mini kind of alternate reality game, ARG, where you would sign pirate articles of of the crew of the Banshee's Blade. They're no longer available online, but if you had gone there, we, we posted it out to different things so people had the opportunity to find them and we had literally all the pirate articles of that people would sign and read what what the kind of in universe articles were that they would signing yeah. to, to join on with the crew of the banshee's blade and by doing so they would start getting emails from this character we came up with called bloody eyed ben and bloody eyed ben <laughs> my daughter actually came up with that name that's great and uh, bloody eyed ben was kind of like trying to help kind of guide them along the way as he hears that there's this treasure out there called Eversail. And so he's trying, you know, that we had all these little lore drops and this different things on a weekly basis leading up to the Kickstarter campaign. And so it was a lot of fun. And so the Banshee's Blade that he's referencing is is actually an in-universe ship in the story that we're, we're hoping to tell. And wow. if you would like to hear the story of the Banshee's Blade, its captain, its crew, and their adventures, please head over to findeversail.com right now and help make this happen because without your support, and I mean this, without your support, it will not happen. So please uh, head over there today. Great feedback there. Appreciate that. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Ben. But not bloody eyed Ben though. <laughs> but 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 another Ben the pirate for sure. Well, man. All right, we got to talk about Blackbeard. Uh, we like closing out the pirates and pipe tobacco little mini series that we we uh, kind of threw together here. I man, I just want to say thank you for giving me a a chance to like nerd out hard. I love for the it, last man. It's been weeks. really informative, and I, I think it you know just also showcases your skill of kind of picking apart these. Uh, "Quote unquote histories and mythologies. It's and all, all the, interwoven. All the things. Yeah, the, the, these these dramas. They're, they're dramas. They is are. What they yeah. are. And it's uh, I, I don't know. It's been a lot of fun to follow with you. So um, yeah, man, it's been great. All right, man. Well, hey, of course, if folks want to keep up with us, they can do so. They can follow us uh, at Squire Radio at John David Cole at underscore Country Squire Radio. They can email into the show show at countrysquireradio.com But all that and more can be found at countrysquireradio.com. Well, John David, are you ready to go have some adventure? I am at the old pipe show bar. All right, well, let's go have a day. See you, brother.
there, Country Squire Radio. This be Bo. And that be John David Cole. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.